welcome to the latest episode of perspective exchange continuing our conversation on india's energy sector we have dr jay asundi cstep executive director and mr abhishek nath head of the energy and power sector at cstep in conversation with mr reji kumar pillai president of the india smart grid forum a public private partnership of the government of india we hear from mr pillai how the transition to clean energy could impact the grid system over to you jay Okay, welcome everyone for our podcast, Perspective Exchange. Uh, today we have the great pleasure to have Mr. Vijay Kumar Pillai. He's the president of the India Smart Grid Forum, a public-private partnership of the Ministry of Power, Government of India, and is also chairman of the Global Smart Energy Federation. An internationally renowned expert, Mr. Pillai is spearheading a mission to leverage technology to transform the electric grid in India and provide clean and reliable electricity to every citizen 24 bar 7 at affordable cost in the past mr pillay was has worked with ntpc ibm and has also been a senior consultant with adb world bank and usaid so welcome mr pillay thank you thank you very much i thank cstep for this interview and delighted to discuss about india's energy transition trends and challenges with you sir, and your team thank you So let me ask you the first question uh, so India has planned to implement almost 450 gigawatts of RE by 2030 simultaneously the government has also announced that by 2030 it aims to make India a 100% EV nation considering the massive volume of RE and EVs and uh, is the nation in a position to manage the grid how should RE be better managed to increase the overall grid stability what what are your views on this good today we have about 94 gigawatt of uh, renewable energy and talking about uh, almost five times increase increase in next nine years is a tall order grid's capability to uh, manage that level of uh, renewable energy coming onto the indian grid is questionable is yes and no but we need to have a proper roadmap to achieve it it is not unachievable we can achieve it provided we have a, a well thought out roadmap and we move in that direction so uh, that, that there are some very interesting numbers which has come out from uh, iea in the india outlook in february which they iea published by 2030 they say that about 345 is their projection for re Uh, added with another 34 gigawatt of battery energy storage they are proposing and by 2040 this numbers are going to 869 gigawatt of re including 622 gigawatt of solar and 219 gigawatt of wind and the total power system capacity according to iea estimate including battery energy storage in by 2030 is 823 gigawatt that is more than double of the current power system and by 2040 they put the number at 1584 gigawatt but the challenge is 1584 gigawatt 869 gigawatt coming from renewable sources uh, and the kind of flexibility indian grid needs is the highest in the world according to iea projections 85% flexibility 50% ramp up and 35% ramp down this is something which is a huge huge challenge and when you look at it uh, some amount of complacency has come into system operators uh, in last one year uh, april 5th of 2020 9 pm 9 minutes uh, we have seen a 25% uh, reduction and 25% more than 30% ramp up which happened in that uh, 15 minutes about 32 gigawatt of load came down and we we, we switched it back in the next 15 20 minutes uh, 
So that was a well-planned thing which we have done uh, with almost one week notice Prime Minister had given. There was all kind of preparation done by the, from the highest level, from the minister down to uh, uh, the lineman on the ground. But uh, in 2030-2040 power system, when every day we need 85% flexibility, that is a, a, a hourly uh, need. That is something with the grid need to be made uh, uh, capable of. That's what I said. We It's not unachievable, but we have to have a plan to achieve that. So coming to the EV thing, which you said, 100% EV by 2030 is something which I don't believe because we have seen half-hearted efforts of one step forward and two step backward, uh, both at center as well as in states, which is happening. Although we have 16 states came up with a, uh, the state-specific uh, EV policies and 19 states have uh, EV uh, tariff, uh, concessional tariff for electric vehicle charging. All that is there, but uh, as actual rollout, look at FAME 2. Out of 10,000 crore rupees, uh, actual spend is less than 500 crore rupees till March 2021. And now the FAME 2 has been extended. FAME 1 also gone through same thing. So we need to have some firm policies. For almost two years, we talked about all two-wheelers and three-wheelers from 2025 to be uh, electric. But all of a sudden, we rolled back on that. So we need to have a national level, very clear targets instead of the uh, national electric mission uh, plan of 2013, talked about 7 million uh, electric vehicles by 2020, when US had a target of only 1 million by 2020. So we should not be uh, putting things which are completely unachievable. It's good to aim for the sky and hit the roof, but uh, these kind of numbers, 100% EV by 2030 is not something going to happen. But uh, again, EV penetration going to have its own impact on the grid, particularly on the distribution grid. And uh, that's the area where um, more work needs to be done on the renewable integration also. When we looked at, uh, we have a current uh, target in our 100 gigawatt of solar by 2022, 40 gigawatt is a schedule from uh, rooftop, uh, our actual achievement is 10%. Whereas in the other area, we are well on track to achieve uh, minus this uh, rooftop area. So there is challenges there. Discoms uh, are not interested in giving connectivity. People are not aware what to buy, how to install. So we have many papers on this area. Uh, and now Discoms are actually realizing the potential of rooftop. In, uh, it is beneficial to them also. A study uh, uh, by BRPL, CEW, which came out saying that uh, about 23 paise per kilowatt hour is the benefit to the discount uh, from every kilowatt hour of uh, rooftop generated locally. So we need to work on that. I exactly don't have the number out of 450 gigawatt, the new program, how much will be from rooftops, but that is an area where we need to concentrate and do more studies. In our effort to do uh, uh, energy storage roadmap in 2018-2019, which was published in 2019, we did uh, uh, the feeder level load flow study to see what is the hosting capacity of uh, rooftop solar on feeders. And seven states, we have done the detailed modeling studies. And we have seen that uh, we can go up to 50% of the distribution transformer capacity without much of problems, except in some places they use the very low size of conductor or cable. And that's a recommendation we have brought out also. And at that point in time, we considered all kind of uh, energy storage technologies in 2000. 18. But finally, we are convinced that we have to promote 
batteries only the prices are coming down it is modular it's flexible we you can do it in no time in couple of months you can deploy it whereas a pumped hydro takes decades even compressed air technologies and all other technologies take years and everywhere we cannot do it the batteries can go in any part of the grid and according to the requirement you can move it from the customer side to the substation substation to other locations so we actually estimated somewhere around 230 gigawatt hour or something for the grid support by 2032 and uh, iea numbers are also somewhere uh, 200 plus by they're talking about 118 gigawatt hour by uh, 2040 but we I, i guess we need much more to achieve that level of flexibility now in this how is the future of utility scale battery storage systems in achieving round the clock power and you you did mention about that now and you also also talked about so now other question is are there multiple available battery technologies uh, and which technology would get greater momentum in the future and where is the need for or what are the areas that we need strong r&d to help identify and the more suitable technologies for the indian context because you know globally things happen but we need to be very cognizant of what india is doing and what india should be doing so what are your views on that the level of flexibility which i talked about 85% battery alone perhaps may not be able to do we have to look at different options all uh, solutions for demand response and uh, other solutions we need to look at it what we are advocating mean of course battery so on the technology side uh, that's the most difficult question even if you ask somebody on the battery research today so fast things are changing things are changing so fast but uh, in the in the in the near term or medium term in next 5 to 10 years no new technology will be uh, economically or financially competitive with uh, the lfp or uh, lto lto we can use it for the frequency support uh, uh, at a, uh, if i have a 5 a megawatt hour of lto battery operating at 5c i can give a 25 megawatt support for few minutes so that 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 that's where the lto although it is expensive it comes in for frequency supported places but long longer energy support it could be lfp and nmc also we, we can consider in places where the temperature is moderate so the uh, lfp and is going to be the main uh, grid storage for longer period of time at least in this decade uh, until new technologies become uh, competitive that's on the, te- the technology side but on the uh, flexibility side we need to look at other storage solutions as well and one of them is uh, a thermal storage with the district cooling systems we have been actively advocating that we need to look at a district cooling system than window air conditioning uh, india is a signatory to the kigali co- and uh, uh, agreement and we have a, a, a india cooling action plan uh, came out in 2019 or something but that is all more focusing on the incremental improvement in the efficiency of the room air conditioner and other equipment just look at today less than 10% of the households have access to cooling they have air conditioners when and, and the housing stock is also going up every year so even if we achieve 5% 10% every year uh, and that efficiency improvement will go and hit a roof eh? so even if we achieve that levels of massive uh, energy efficiency simple uh, doubling and tripling of the stock the air, room air conditioner stock is not going to make an impact so we have been advocating that we need to look at entirely different systems which is district cooling system where a centralized chiller plant makes 
chilled water which is circulated to buildings for uh, their air handling system to cool the building. We have a very successful uh, uh, project in uh, uh, Gift City in Gujarat. We have been uh, jointly promoting that in workshops. We have a white paper. And what is good about the district cooling system is that it comes with a thermal storage. So a five-degree chilled water can be stored for several hours. And so the air conditioning systems are massive uh, chiller units, which are in megawatts. Five megawatt, 10 megawatt chiller units could any time uh, give a load relief. And still the air conditioning need of the buildings can be met from uh, the, the thermal storage. So that is something which we need to promote actively. And uh, another thing we, we are all talking about the green hydrogen. So electrolysis, gigawatt scale, electrolysis coming into place. So India is working on the hydrogen mission. So by 2030, 2040, we are going to have gigawatt tower, sorry, gigawatt scale, uh, electrolysis. Those are another equipment which can be leveraged. Uh, it can give load when there is surplus generation. It can give load relief uh, when we when we need it. And uh, of course, the technologies, uh, uh, power to gas, gas to power is emerging. We should look at how, when that is going to be uh, economically viable for integration with the grid. So we sh another area we, we have been advocating is that the DG set. We have about 70, 80 gigawatt of uh, megawatt scale DG set in the country as a, a backup power for buildings and uh, uh, large uh, campuses. So that all need to be replaced. Actually, in Green Tribunal, National Green Tribunal, in 2018 issued an order in NCR area. In they cannot operate DG set from October to March. But in compliance is very poor. Everybody is still running it when there is. So if we are going to uh, make it replace all these DG sets with lithium-ion battery, which is distributed across the grid. That 70, 80 gigawatt into even five hours, that is about 400 megawatt hour of, uh, uh, it's a huge capacity. And the advantage is that uh, those are on, connected to the distribution grid. A typical DG set uh, uh, come into operation for a few hours in a month, whereas a DG set connected to the grid is on, sorry, lithium-ion battery connected to the grid can give 24-7 grid support. So that is something which we need to uh, uh, advocate it uh, actively. So all those, we need to look at it. Pump Hydro, there are several projects which were identified some 20 years ago. None of them have been built except the Ayodhya plant in Purulia. So uh, we should actively look at it. Wherever pump storage plan can be done, we should do that. Mr. Pillay, you talked about many technologies, uh, uh, cooling, hydrogen, uh, and of course the pumped hydro. Uh, you also talked about uh, uh, the policy interventions in the DG set uh, area, but yes. uh, broadly, broadly going beyond the technologies, what are the policy and regulatory changes uh, that you envisage, which will help in, uh, 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 which will help us in achieving the targets we have set for ourselves? See, uh, as we speak, we still don't have a policy or any regulation supporting energy storage. Is it a generation source? Is it transmission? <laughs> what is it? I mean, our act doesn't provide it. We need to have that regulatory clarity. We had had discussions with uh, uh, CERC, and they have come out with an ancillary services regulation. I was told that once the ancillary services regulation is issued, CERC will take up uh, the, the energy storage regulations uh, on fast track. Uh, we've been doing uh, last Eight, eight, seven years, we have been doing an uh, annual one or two workshop with the EU. EU-India Smart Grid workshop series along with the European uh, Union and India Smart Grid uh, 
uh, forum we've been doing that from since 2018 we added a component to it which is the regulatory workshop we, we, the 2018 we did it in florence school of regulations and florence school of regulation brought in all kind of people what are the uh, state-of-the-art regulations supporting energy storage in europe and we had uh, all the three workshops thereafter we have conducted physical workshops in 2018, 2019, and 2020. CRC and other key policymakers, regulators were part of it. And a lot of discussions and uh, debate has come in. And uh, also the US FRUX double two double two regulation of last year, the controversial regulation, <laughs> so which actually is going to support uh, energy storage uh, uh, and distributed energy storage. So all that uh, we are aware of. And CRC has a MOU with uh, FERC, uh, which was to be signed in March in our event, but uh, the FRAC chairman was also here, but uh, it didn't have the approval from the government, so it took time, but it was finally executed. So all this, uh, our regulators are today networking with the uh, top regulators in this technology areas with Europe and America and other regions, and they are aware of it. And maybe this year or later uh, next year, uh, appropriate regulations will be there. But what is missing is the roadmap for at the utility level. So uh, there is no ro roadmap for uh, storage from the power grid corporation or POSOCO or from state uh, transcos. We need to have that. And uh, particularly at state level, at transcos and discoms, every time and every two years, there's a leadership change. Every time a new CEO or MD comes, uh, the roadmap changes. So if we have to do this energy transition uh, systematically, I am convinced that we need to have continuity of leadership. If we cannot ensure that, at least there has to be a board and government approved roadmap, which should be monitored by the board, irrespective of change of leadership, the roadmap remains uh, the same for the grid modernization journey. Mr. Pillay, uh, 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 that was mm -hmm. very well said, uh, that uh, irrespective of uh, leadership changes, we should continue on the same path. One of the things that we have been talking about recently is this Nirbar Bharat route. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think uh, in terms of domestic manufacturing of solar modules, inverters, batteries, other components? Do you think with government support and initiative, can India establish itself as a global hub in Nari? Well, uh, we missed the bus already, so it will be extremely difficult for us. Although some people started making solar cells in India, but the main components are still being imported. So we don't manufacture, uh, we have no fabrication plant in the country. Last 30 years we tried it, it didn't happen. Uh, even the silicon being imported only. Uh, Admanarbar or self-reliance is good, we support that, but uh, it should not create domestic monopolies or the cronies as they say. Now the decision which has come for projects which are already bidded, transparently bidded and people signed up for 2 rupees 40 paise, 2 rupees 70 paise, those projects got delayed because of COVID, government given them extension. But if they are going to import solar panels, uh, solar cells or panels next year, they have to pay uh, duty. Uh, there is a huge duty because one company started manufacturing in India. It's going to uh, promote cronies, which is not uh, taxpayers' money. End of the day, if, if, if they buy from India and the prices are higher by 30% or 40%, the 
the cost of electricity will again 2 rupees 40 paisa it will go to 3 rupees 4 rupees which is not that is not the kind of self-reliance or admirable which we need and on the battery pli scheme one on side there is no uh, direct intervention to increase the demand side if and, and the pli says that you have to manufacture 5 gigawatt hour per year and sell it and there is no domestic uh, demand and if you are importing it should taxpayers money be given for exporting it and for battery manufacturing again all the components for battery manufacturing none of them is there in india including iron is not there battery grade material is not there everything need to be imported and we at best can do is a cell assembly and then again they kept the minimum requirement 5 gigawatt hour which is a half a billion dollar investment eh? and, uh, and 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 that's a minimum size and the highest size is 20 gigawatt per year plant so 50 gigawatt hour pli can be cornered by three or four companies and which is not good only three or four battery technologies will come and isdf has written officially to nidhi ayog and dhi that we should make it one gigawatt hour at least 30 percent of the capacity should be reserved for msme like in every other government program so that one gigawatt hour people come so that we will have at least 15 20 battery chemistries come some of them become by the end of the decade some of them uh, become obsolete or, or non-competitive at least some of them will be winners it's not happening the, the final notification came with uh, 5 to 20 gigawatt hours so we need to look at people uh, who work on this uh, policy side need to understand the technology and the challenges in the past several other things which you have done none of them matured billions and billions of dollars of uh, stake uh, the, the taxpayer money gone waste uh, in many areas it should not happen like that so we continue to advocate that it should be uh, doable uh, Mr. Pillay, that, that, uh, on, on that very somber note, but I think it's still, uh, you did uh, touch upon a lot of the aspects related to the grid, related to electric vehicles, batteries, and, and uh, related to power system in general. Uh, I think it was uh, wonderful to hear your perspective, and uh, thank you very much for being part of this uh, conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Stay safe. India has set for itself ambitious targets on the energy front. This includes achieving a renewable energy capacity of 450 gigawatt by 2030. Given this backdrop, it is imperative that we come up with a roadmap for modernizing the grid as that could go a long way in helping the country meet its energy goals. We hope you find this podcast insightful. Subscribe to Perspective Exchange to stay updated on conversations on policy and technology that are leading India towards a cleaner and sustainable future. Do write to us at CPE at the ratecstep.in to share your feedback and follow us on Twitter at the ratecstep underscore India for more updates. Thank you.